The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Here we go. This is another episode of the Punt and Pass Pandemic Podcast. That's right, the Quarantine Chronicles roll on. It is Friday, March the 20th, and we have an awesome guest. That's right, the White Whale, a guy that we have been trying to get on the show for such a long time, former Georgia kicker, Georgia great Rodrigo Blankenship joins the podcast. I am your host, Drew Butler. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, at Punt and Pass. I am at Drew Butler. And Rodrigo is at RodTheKicker3. I think it might be different on Instagram, but everybody follows you on Instagram, Rodrigo. So no worries there. Thanks so much for your time, man. Wild times in the world right now. You just wrapped up your senior season at Georgia it was an awesome one. You got just about every single award possible. Now you're getting ready for the NFL draft. We'll touch on all that stuff. Most importantly, though, how are you holding up with the um, the quarantine lifestyle? What's going on with you these days? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, not a whole lot, you know. Um, just kind of, you know, taking everything one day at a time. Just doing what we can to, you know minimize our human contact for the moment um you know whenever we get food we're, we're getting food delivered and just you know having them leave it by the door so we don't have to have too much contact with anybody else and we're just kind of you know trying to stay safe trying to not get sick take our dog for a walk when we can and uh you know just try and stay safe we uh got a bosu ball um so i'm going to be uh doing some some in-home uh in-home rehab and in-home exercises over the next few days um so yeah it's been uh, real interesting Interesting for sure, and extremely unique for you because you just went to the NFL Combine, which of course was in Indianapolis, and you're supposed to be getting ready, doing private workouts, going to visit teams before the draft, which is at the end of April. It was supposed to be in Las Vegas. They've obviously made the decision not to have any public gatherings out there, but they will proceed with the draft as scheduled. What's your day-to-day like right now? I guess... Tell us this. What was your day-to-day like before the quarantine, and now what's it like for the foreseeable future because everybody's staying in, NFL teams aren't traveling, and nobody can go to the facility, so it's really kind of thrown your preparation to a halt. Hopefully you made a good enough impression. I'm sure you did on a couple of teams. Uh, yeah, you know, just uh, just have to hold out hope that, um, you know, performance at the Combine was good. 
Um, I feel like I, I had a lot of productive interviews and a lot of good meetings with uh, some coaches while we were there. Um, you know, I think all the medical exams and medical testing, I think all that came back pretty clean. Um, so, you know, I think that I made a pretty good impression with them there. Um, you know, before uh, before everything kind of got come to a screeching halt, I was just going into going in the facility every morning. Um, you know, it was just doing a little bit of uh, maintenance work, going in to see the trainers again, uh, Mr. Ron, uh, Liz, D-Jack, Drew, um, Connor, and uh, Chris. Those are, you know, all of our full-time trainers. They're the only guys that were still uh, that were still there. And so, you know, just going in and, and seeing them, hanging out with them, just trying to take care of my body and, you know, be as healthy as I can possibly be. And then uh, doing a little bit of kicking uh, about three or four times a week. Um, but that's uh, not quite how it's going right now. Um, you know, we, we just got the, I just got a text from Mr. Ron a couple of days. Um, I guess it was yesterday, yesterday, the day before that, um, you know, they're shutting down the training room and, uh, the weight room or the weight room are shut down already too. So, um, you know, can't really, uh, get into the, get into the building right now. Um, so we just kind of have to do whatever you can to, to make it happen at home. You know, there's some drill work that you can do without needing a ball. So they're just going to be trying to do all that dry work, uh, just to maintain the swing and, and be as sharp as you can be. Like you said, we were, we were supposed to be getting into a, you know, private workout right about now. We were supposed to have our pro day uh, on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, that didn't happen. Um, there was only maybe, I think, three or four teams that were able to squeeze in their pro day right there before uh, all the NFL coaches got called off the road. So, uh, you know, we were supposed to be having some private workouts. And, and for specialists, um, you know, that's that's really big for us. That's kind of the bread and butter for a specialist in the draft process because, you know, so many teams have their eyes on lots of other prospects at the senior bowl and at the combine. So when the special teams coordinators come for the individual workouts, that's really the time when they can get to know us and we can really get to show off our skills for them. So uh, we're going to be missing out on those for the foreseeable future. Uh, maybe we'll be able to squeeze some in uh, right before the draft, but maybe not, you know. Um, at this point, just kind of have to – uh, trust that the game tape is going to speak for itself. Just trust that, you know, um, highlights over the career from four years are going to uh, speak for themselves and just make a good impression for uh, anybody that needs it uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, no question. I didn't even think about the pro day. I mean, it's only been a week since we haven't had sports, or six days for that matter. I completely forgot that Georgia was supposed to have their pro day this week. Did you have a special teams coordinator ready to come run you through the workout? Because I remember when I graduated, we had a couple of coaches come and work Blair and I out. And you're right, they're invaluable, and they're able to kind of put you through what they want to see. Did you have that set up, or what team was going to come do that for you? Um. I knew that there were a few there were a few coaches that had talked about wanting to come and, and watch me. Uh, I hadn't had anyone at the moment that had told me uh, that they want that they were interested in running it. Um, just we did just have a couple coaches that had told me at the combine that they were going to be there and, and wanted to see me kick. Um, you know, if no one had told me, I would have probably had Coach Meyer uh, run the workout. He's our uh, special teams analyst and uh, really awesome coach. At, you know, that Georgia has and has done some really good things for our special teams. Um, I probably would have had Coach Meyer do the workout. Um, you know, I had talked about a few things that I wanted to do with him, and, uh, you know, so I would have left it up to him to kind of flesh it out and, um, you know, just kind of put me through the ringer as best he could, you know, get in my face, get in my ear, and, you know, do all that stuff to try and add a little bit of uh, add a little bit of pressure and, and juice to the situation. Um, so there, there were a few coaches that had, uh, you know, expressed some interest in being there, but, uh, you know, things are, things are a little bit different, so it's just going to be a, a time for – you know, everyone to adapt and just see how they're going to handle the adversity of the situation. 
No question. You said you're just going to trust the process, trust that you made a good enough impression, and rely on your game tape, and that will serve you well because last year you won the Lou Groza Award as the nation's top place kicker. You were a first-team All-American place kicker. I think more importantly, you were an academic first-team All-American, and you were also a finalist for the Campbell Trophy, which goes to the Scholar Athlete of the Year. That's one of, if not the best trophy, I think, in college football. And then what was really amazing to me, and it kind of became a running joke among all Georgia fans, you won the SEC Special Teams Player of the Week six times. I mean, that is just insane. They should have just renamed it the Rodrigo Blankenship Player of the Week Special Teams Award. But what a season you had at Georgia last year. What a career you had. Broke just about every single record, I think, in the book. Let's just talk about that real quick before we'll discuss a little bit more of the NFL stuff. Rod, you became a symbol, a true brand in Athens. Everybody knows who you are. It was really amazing, your growth over those four years and what you were able to accomplish. What are some of your favorite memories? And somebody on Twitter asks, What's your favorite memory from your games down in Jacksonville against Florida? Oh, man. Um, I guess just some some favorite memories from over the career. Uh, I think the first one that I think about, um, I guess just in, I'll, I'll try and keep everything in chronological order. Um, I think the first one would probably be uh, Kentucky in 2016. Of course. Uh, made, four, more, made four field goals in that game, made a game winner as time expired. Uh, got the, uh, the infamous helmet interview with uh with Kaylee Hartsong after the game that kind of set the internet on fire a little bit did you see she Um, has coronavirus did you see that no I did not see that you should text her I think she had a crush on you back then I bet you uh I bet you she still thinks about Rodrigo Blankenship a good bit oh I don't know about that um that was that was definitely one and then uh then I think it was the very next week we had Auburn at home they were ranked top 10 in the country and I made two uh, two field goals in that game. A go ahead, I made a go ahead field goal in that game. I think it was like late in the third quarter. Um, we ended up winning that game, thirteen to seven. Just kind of really uh, ruined their season. Um, that was a that was a really special moment as well. Um, two thousand seventeen. I think about when um, you know Coach Mark gave me a scholarship and and I announced it to the team after we went uh, up to Notre Dame and and beat them in their house. Um, I think that that's another uh, incredible memory that I have. Um, of course, that season we also had uh, uh, the Rose Bowl going to California, playing against Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield, such an explosive offense, and uh, you know taking them all the way to the wire to get that win. That was such an incredible uh, just game and just an incredible experience to be out in California for that week. Uh, the national championship game, I think making a 51-yarder in overtime um, was, was definitely uh, – a memorable moment for me and um, in, in my career. Um, and then I think about uh, this past year winning the Lou Groves Award. Um, it was just so incredible. Um, and also uh, senior night against Texas A&M, uh, I think, was uh, another uh, very memorable game and, and just something that I'm going to hold on to forever. Um, so I've got uh, so many memories um, from my career. And um, I guess from playing Florida, I, I guess it's, I guess you could say it's pretty nice to be Florida three years in a row. I know there aren't a whole lot of players that get to say that. So um, just getting to getting to be Florida three years ago is definitely something uh, to be proud of. Yeah, no question. I mean, your senior class, what you guys were able to accomplish, really putting Georgia back in the national spotlight with Coach Smart's arrival. 
uh, amazing stuff. You guys were able to accomplish so much. Speaking of Coach Smart, what's the number one thing that he told you or that you learned from him that you think that you'll be able to take with you to the NFL? Um, I think just, uh, just competition. Um, you know, going, when I first started to become a place kicker, I, you know, started in like fifth grade and there aren't a whole lot of people that are kicking as fifth graders. And so, you know, when I came through middle school, I, I was always, uh, you know, ahead of the curve. I was always ahead of the competition and, you know, never really had anyone that could hang with me through middle school and, and high school. So, um, you know, when I got to college and, you know, everyone is good. Um, that was, that was definitely, uh, you know, something that was different for me in a different environment and, you know, Coach Martin is the one that just made me compete uh, and work harder than I ever had before to, to earn my spot and just prove that I belong to be there. Um, so I think that that's something that I'm going to hold on to and is uh, going to suit me well and it's going to, you know, allow me to be well prepared to, to go toe-to-toe with the best in the business at the next level. Yeah, it was cool to see you and Kirby kind of grow together. Obviously, you were there when he first came in as a head coach and then your brand, your stature, and you as a kicker, elevated and the whole team elevated over those years which I think was really fun to watch because he had so much faith in you and in return you knew that you were going to be there for coach which was awesome speaking of the brand though the goggles everybody respects the specs what made you come up with the hashtag I don't think I've heard this story where did you start the hashtag when did you start it because obviously you positioned yourself really well to possibly monetize Hashtag respect the specs now that you're not a student athlete uh, in college. Yeah, um, I think uh, I'm, I'm going through my Instagram right now to find the first post that has it. But I think I, I started using it in 2016. It was just something that I thought was, uh, you know, kind of catchy and something that I could, you know, throw up on my social media that I thought would be kind of cool to use. Um I think uh, here it is. The first the first post that I used it on, it was in August 6th of 2016. Uh, I put up a picture from a, a little preseason uh, video shoot that we that we did, and that was the first time that I used it. I just thought of it and, you know, thought it would be kind of catchy and kind of cool to use. And, um, you know, so I just started putting it up on everything that I did um, over the last, whatever it is, four and a half years now. Um, to just kind of, you know, create a brand and, you know, create a little slogan or logo, whatever you want to call it, um, that I could identify with and that people could, you know, associate with me. And uh, I definitely think it's taken off a little bit and it's become way bigger than I ever could have anticipated you know, when I started using it so long ago. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's been awesome. And, and, and your brand has certainly propelled you. How many followers do you have on Instagram? I know you got it pulled up right there. You probably got it memorized, though. Um, looking at 87,000 right now. That's pretty legit. And, and what do your DMs look like? I mean, we had Blair Walsh on the other week. We've had other, uh, we had Harris English on, PGA Tour golfer. We were kind of talking about the backlash you can get on social media. I mean, you're famous. You got 87,000 followers, the good and the bad. Tell our, tell our listeners what the, what the DMs, what the comments could look like on any given week, whether it's people just loving up on you or, or the opposite, because I know it can be cold out there at some points. Yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely a couple games we had this season where, um, the comments and the DMS were not so kind to me. Um, but that's just kind of what comes with the territory and that's what comes with the business, you know, um, you know, when you're, uh, when you're a specialist and you're a kicker, a punter, a long snapper, you know, um, that's just the nature of the beast. And if you're doing really well, then, 
people are either loving up on you, they're not saying a peep, and then the second something goes wrong, they'll they're you know they're quick to get on your case. And so um, there's definitely a lot of hate um, that you know can can come your way after a a bad game, but for the most part, um, you know, dog fans, dog nation has been so so super supportive, and um, you know they love up on me all the time. Um, you know, just a lot of people commenting, telling me that they respect the spec, that they appreciate everything that I do for the for the university. Um, and you know, the the DMs are pretty much the same thing. Lots of people just telling me that they're proud of me, or you know, um, so happy to see that I've done a really good job, and uh, they're gonna miss me. Um, and then of course there's there's the bad ones as well that that come through. Uh, there's a lot of hate that comes through as well, but uh, you know, it just comes with the territory, and you have to be prepared and, and, you know, know how to handle it and know how to not let it get to you so that you can continue to go out and perform and, you know, bounce back the next week. Yeah, those people don't matter, obviously. Rodriguez, Georgia's all-time leading scorer, 440 points for his career and also the all-time leader in career field goal percentage at 82.47%. What do you think about Georgia's kicker next year? And what do you think about Scott Cochran as the special teams coordinator? A big changeover for Georgia's third phase. I've said it once, and I'll say it again, Rod. I trust in Kirby. Um, And I also like Todd Hartley. You know, Todd was a ball – not a ball boy. Todd was a student assistant when I was in school. So he used to help out with special teams a bunch. He used to help out with the punt team a bunch, clock punts, all that good stuff. He's got plenty of special teams experience. But you're gone. Snapper's gone. And uh, Snapper's gone, right? And then Coach Fountain left, and, and they got Coach Cochran coming in. So what is the state of Georgia's special teams looking like in 2020? Uh, well, I think that special teams are going to be in good hands. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Coach Hartley's got plenty of special teams experience. Um, I know that uh, in my redshirt year in 2015, um, you know, we, we had some turnover at the end of that season going into our bowl game, and Coach Hartley ended up being our uh, our, our interim special teams coordinator for our bowl game in 2015. Um, you know, so he's, he's got plenty of experience doing that. He's, you know, he's well-versed and uh, knows the ins and outs and knows the tools of the trade and what it takes to build good special teams. Um, and I'm sure that coach Cochran done as well, uh, does as well. You know, I think that coach Warren has a lot of trust in uh, the people that he brings in to be able to execute his vision for the program. So, you know, I trust in him and I trust that he's going to bring in the right people that are going to do the right job. Um, uh, one of our snappers is gone, uh, Stephen Nixon. He was a grad transfer that we got in from Mercer and did a great job for us on uh, with punt snapping this year. Uh, he is gone now, but our field goal snapper, Payne Walker, is, is uh, still here. He was a redshirt freshman this past year, uh, so he'll be back. Um, he, he's a big body guy, and uh, you know he he holds his own right there in the middle of the line. So uh, I trust that he's going to continue to work hard and and do whatever he needs to do to continue to be the field goal snapper. Uh, he may end up being the punt snapper, but uh, there's going to be a lot of good competition and that competition is going to breed, uh, you know, it's going to breed results and it's going to breed success. So whoever's the guy that ends up being a punt snapper and a field goal snapper, I trust is going to be the best guy for the job. Um, you know, uh, we're fortunate to have Jay Camarda coming back. He did a really great job for us this past year. And I think really came into his own and uh, showed a lot of people uh, why we were really excited to get him. Um, so I think that he's going to do a great job next season. Uh, and then for the kickers, you know, there's a, a question mark at the moment. But uh, like I said, I know that the competition is going to breed success. Um, we have uh, Jared Zirkle coming in from uh, Texas. Um, he's got an incredible leg. I think a lot of Georgia fans got really excited. They saw him make, I think it was a 59-yarder in his junior year. So uh, obviously he's got a very strong leg. 
Uh, we've also got Brooks Buse, who's, who's been with us for a few years. I think he came in in 2017. Um, so this was his redshirt sophomore year. So, um, you know, he's obviously been, you know, developing and I've watched him grow and develop and improve over the last two or three years. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I think Camarda might even uh, throw his hat in the ring for field goals, you know. Um, so there's going to be a lot of really healthy competition. There's going to be a lot of guys competing and, you know, given they're all every single day, I know that that's going to breed some success and it's going to, uh, you know, bring the, the best guy is going to rise to the top and rise to the occasion. No doubt. No shortage of talent. It'll be really interesting to see how hands-on Coach Cochran is with the special teams unit at Georgia. Just such a huge bummer, I think, for the entire fan base that there's no spring football practice, no G-Day game, not going to be able to see Jamie Newman, not going to be able to see what Coach Todd Munkin's got ready to roll for the offensive side of the ball. But you know what? We'll wait. We'll get past this quarantine, and we'll be ready to rock and roll in the fall. Speaking of the fall, Rob, before we wrap this thing up, let's touch on the NFL it's looking like you're probably going to get drafted, man. I mean, you went to the Senior Bowl, had a great week, went to the Combine, by all accounts, had a great week there. What was your favorite memory from either one of those? And then talk about the interactions you had with the coaches, what kind of workouts you did. I know a lot of the times it's it's much more mental warfare with about 20 kicks mixed in. And, and people people laugh at that number, but, I mean, how many did you kick at the Combine? Field goals, 16, 20 kicks? Oh, uh, yeah, we had... 15 field goals and 11 kickoffs. Um, I think to answer your question about the favorite moment, I think my favorite moment probably was the day that we checked in for the combine and they gave us all the swag. Oh yeah. Um, that was that was definitely a pretty great day. They gave us a, a bag loaded with new era gear from head to toe. So um, that was pretty fantastic. And then uh, we went over to the uh, Nike suites and Adidas suites and they gave us some, uh, some pretty awesome gear over at those couple places as well. So that was probably my favorite day was the check-in day when you get all the swag. Um, but, yeah, in the workout we had 15 field goals and 11 kickoffs, and we did the kickoffs first. Oh, um, really? And yeah, That's pretty interesting. So, um, I think uh, a recommendation that um, hopefully, you know, can you know uh, go through the ranks in the future might be to have the field goals first because um, – you know, you hardly ever have 11 kickoffs in a game setting, um, and the kickoffs always come after the field goals anyway. You know, usually you kick an extra point, and you kick a field goal, and then you go hit your kickoff. Um, so I think that it, it might make a little bit more sense to reverse the order and kick the field goals first and then do the kickoffs. You'll also be a little bit more warmed up, and you'll be a little bit looser to hit the kickoffs, which are, you know, you exert a lot more energy uh, to kick those. So it's beneficial for the kickers to be a little bit looser and a little bit more warmed up for those. Um, but we had 11 kickoffs. We had some straightaways where you just kind of try and rip it. We had some directional ones where you try and hang it with good hang time and, and force the other team to return it out of the corner and, you know, condense the field, try and make a big play inside the 20-yard line. Uh, and then we went into 15 field goals, and they were just kind of all over the field, you know, going back and forth on different hashes and, uh, you know, backing up about five yards every time. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty hefty workload. I think the most kickoffs I ever hit in the game was 10. Uh, when we played Missouri in 2017. So, you know, doing 11 kickoffs is more work than I've ever done in a single game. And, you know, I think that for a lot of the other guys there, they, they don't even get close to 10 kickoffs um, in a single game. So uh, it was definitely a, a really big workload. And so I think it was definitely something that was able to push us to our limits and uh, really challenge our legs to see how we were going to respond. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I think uh, if I remember correctly, when I was there, the punters went first. And then we did yeah. field goals as as they as they wanted the punters 
specific guys were holding for specific kickers. And then once that was done, we wrapped up with the uh, kickoff portion. So I understand as a kicker that that's pretty brutal on you to have to go through 11 kickoffs and then dial it back in and start working on your field goals. Did you get a sense throughout the senior bowl or the combine of a couple of teams that have shown interest? Maybe they talked to you more than once. Maybe they've written down your information, trying to set up a visit or a, or a private workout. Obviously there's only a couple of kickers that are draft eligible or really draft legitimate. And then as you know, there's only 32 of them. So there's a couple of teams that really have a need and that will be in the market. What do you, uh, what are you and your agent thinking at this point? Um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's, if you're, if you're an avid football fan and, and you follow professional football, um, you've probably got a pretty good sense of, uh, the teams that are going to be interested and that are going to be on the market. You know, there were some teams that, um, you know, that, that weren't, uh, as solid as they would have liked to be in, in the kicking department. And so, you know, those are the teams that I think are going to be interested um, almost every team that you talk to at the combine is going to, you know, write down your information and, um, you know, they're going to take as much information down on you as they possibly can, whether it's because they're interested or because, you know, they might be trying to scout you, you know, in, in the future. Um, so that information goes out to, you know, just about everybody. Um, there were a few teams that had expressed some interest in coming to pro day and also that wanted to schedule some private workouts that aren't going to happen now, but, um, there were definitely a few teams that were very interested in, um, that I'm looking forward to getting to communicate more with down the line and hopefully uh, be hearing from at the end of April. If a special teams coordinator called you up and said, hey, I want you to FaceTime me, go to the field, and kick 20 field goals, would you do it? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's um, what I figured. As, as, as long as I don't get in trouble. Um, there's, been some, uh, there's been some police officers roaming around butts just trying to make sure that the wrong people aren't there. So I, I, I wouldn't want to get in trouble and have him kick me off the field. But, you know, if he asks me to, I'll, I'll try and get out there and uh, do whatever I can before I get kicked off. No doubt, man. No doubt. Well, hey, dude, we obviously really appreciate your time. Stay safe with the quarantine. Anything on the way out? Anything you want to say to Bulldog Nation or the Punt and Pass listeners? Any, um, any parting words as you kind of bunker down and, and wait to hear your name called on draft weekend? Um, I would just, you know – Tell everybody to, you know, be safe. Just do whatever you can to maintain good hygiene. Wash your hands. You know, don't get too close to anybody. Um, hold on tight to your loved ones, whoever you're with. Um, you know, just be as careful as you can possibly be. Uh, I love Dog Nation, and, you know, uh, so very much. They've been so incredible and so supportive of me. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't thank them enough for supporting me and just having trust in me to go out and uh, do what I've been able to do for our team. Um, so I just wanted to give a huge shout out to Dog Nation for being so incredible. Uh, and you know, to anybody else out there listening, just be safe and uh, do whatever you can to to bide your time until this uh, crisis kind of uh, settles down a little bit. No doubt. Last question: Have you signed an endorsement deal for your specs on field yet? Uh, we are uh, we're currently working on uh, acquiring a, a copyright trademark for it. It's uh, it's in the works right now. Awesome, man. Awesome. Rodrigo Blankenship, everybody follow him on Twitter and Instagram, at RodTheKicker3. Follow the show at Punt and Pass. I am at DrewButler13. We'll be back next week with more Quarantine Chronicles. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you then. See you.